Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV, on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Author's Show. A few years ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing today's guest, Tom Davis, who had written Conclave, one of the best thrillers I'd read in a long time. Well, Tom's back with a sequel titled Empty Quiver, and I'm excited to learn more. Tom's back to talk to us about Empty Quiver. So welcome to the author show, Tom. Thank you, Linda. Good to be with you again. Tom, will you please give us a quick overview of Empty Quiver? Well, Empty Quiver is a sequel to the book Conclave, my first novel that you just mentioned. And I basically took the fictional characters, the protagonists, moved them forward about five years. And I was looking for something that was going on, therefore, in the early 80s. And one of the major events was the deployment of the missile systems that the Soviet Union had going, the SS-20 missile. And the United States had a response in the Pershing-2 missile. Uh, And both sides were trying to discourage the other from continuing with this missile installation in Germany. And it was creating quite a bit of political blowback in Germany itself. A lot of Germans were just uncomfortable with having newer and more nuclear weapons on their own soil. So basic story is, is that the uh, Soviets are trying to stop the Americans. The Americans are trying to drop the Soviets. And my two protagonists, the NSC staff officer, Carter Caldwell, and his CIA analyst sidekick, uh, Catherine O'Connor, who is more than a sidekick for him, uh, get involved in all the forces that are involved in this, the U.S. Uh, effort, the Soviet effort, and the German internal political effort. Wow. But Tom, you have me a bit confused here. A quiver is a container to hold arrows, yet empty quiver is about the Cold War and nuclear weapons. Where did the idea for your title generate? Well, as you know, Linda, I used to be an artillery officer in Germany years ago, and one of the functions that we had to pull was guarding these nuclear storage sites uh, that we had over there around the country back in the period when there were actually lots of nuclear weapons uh, in Europe uh, that both sides had. And if something happened that involved a nuclear weapon, and an unfortunate thing, there were messages that had to very quickly be sent to the Pentagon. And if it was a small incident involving a nuclear weapon, it was called a dull sword. If it was a little more important message involving something that had happened to a nuclear weapon, it was called a bent spear. The worst message that could go up was called the uh, empty quiver. And essentially, empty quiver meant that somebody had lost or had stolen a nuclear weapon. So the empty quiver is a type of message that would have gone up that was the worst type that you could get involving uh, nuclear weapons. Interesting. Tom, do you have an ideal type of reader in mind for your books? I do. Someone who kind of likes mystery and someone who likes uh, a story that has a lot of twists and turns to it. Uh, Someone who kind of likes to learn something about an incident that happened in days gone by and at the same time uh, be entertained. There's a little bit of me that's an entertainer. There's a little bit of me that's an educator from the past. So those are the two dimensions that I'm really looking for. 
Well, thinking back to Conclave, which came first, your characters or the storyline? Well, it was the storyline. Uh, in Conclave, I mentioned in there that I had a discussion with a guy in the State Department while I was assigned there, a senior official, who had over lunch just made a flip comment that uh, he thought that the election of John Paul II as the Pope had been in some way influenced by President Carter's national security advisor, Dr. Brzezinski. So that was the idea for Conclave. And from that, I kind of took it and built the story. For uh, Empty Quiver, it was a lot of my own personal experiences uh, over in Germany. A lot of those are kind of embedded in the book, as well as an interest that I always had because I was on the faculty at the military academy in the early 80s. And we were doing a lot of research on exactly how was this nuclear balance that was going on in Europe, the theater nuclear balance going to play out. Catherine and Carter met in your first novel, Conclave, and there was a spark between them. Now that they're back in Empty Quiver, has their relationship evolved into something more? Well, if you go to, as you uh, go to, into the book, you'll find out that uh, their relationship right after Conclave kind of had some high points. Uh, and then it turned to having some low points because uh, his career aspirations and personal aspirations and hers were slightly different. So uh, they kind of uh, have their relationship going up and then it's going down. They're thrown kind of back into having to work together once again as they get involved in this nuclear effort that's going on in Europe. And um, let me just say it, it ends that empty quiver in a positive way. <laughs> Well, once and again, going back to Conclave, readers could picture Vatican City. Is there a location or locations in Empty Quiver that readers can relate to as well? Well, I sure hope so, uh, Linda. I put several in there. Uh, one of them being, uh, I have one part of the story which occurs in Portugal. I had to take a trip to Portugal a few years ago, going to a NATO meeting, and it was in the town of Porto, which is up the coast about 200 kilometers from Lisbon. And it's a wonderful, fabulous place. So uh, I decided I had to use Porto. And the other one is uh, Munich. I also use uh, the setting around Munich, Germany a lot because it is largely a German-based story, Empty Quiver. And one of the great places in Munich is downtown. It's the Bayerischerhof Hotel, which is the venue for the annual European Security Conference, formerly called the Burkunde Conference. And it's just a magnificent Place. So if you get to Munich, you'll really love the experience. If you get to the Bayerischerhof, you'll really remember that. And if you get a chance to go to Portugal, don't restrict yourself to Lisbon. Try to go up the coast of Porto. Well, Conclave centered around the election of a new pope, while Empty Quiver centers around the arms buildup of the U.S. and the Soviet Union, as you have said. What kind of research do you do to ensure the believability of your stories? Well, actually, I do quite a bit. I research all kinds of things. When it comes to Empty Quiver, one of the things that I wanted to capture was the daily stress and difficulty of trying to be the guard force and the managers around these sites that were called CAS sites, C-A-S, which stood for combat action sites, which is where the missiles, the U.S. missiles, were actually kept uh, on ready alert. And as you might imagine, a nuclear missile... Uh, in a foreign country on ready alert, uh, in a country where there is a degree of resistance to them even being there, uh, involves a certain degree of daily tension. So I put that uh, you know, in the story to give everybody an idea of what that was like. And I had to do some research, some of it um, actual research, looking up old documents, some of it with friends who actually pulled that duty. 
uh, to try to get a sense for what actually went on from day to day in one of these operational sites. So what's next for you, Tom? Will there be a third book featuring Carter and Catherine? Well, Linda, I sure hope so. I first wanted to just have a sequel to the first one because I really enjoyed writing it and enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed uh, doing the research and all the interviews I did for Empty Quiver to make the background for that quite realistic. So now I've decided, having had Conclave, having done Empty Quiver, the sequel, I'd kind of like to finish with a trilogy. So I have to find one more thing for Carter and Catherine to do. It'll have to happen, obviously, in the late 80s, or early 90s. So I'm already thinking about what that particular incident that pulls a story together might be. What has been the most rewarding experience for you since publishing your first book? I think the positive feedback I've gotten on both of them. And actually, I think what surprised me a little bit is how I think, if I can take a liberty here, Linda, like yourself, how many people have enjoyed the relationship that I developed between Carter and Catherine? I can't tell you the number of emails that I get that generally open with where are Carter and Catherine going next? So I, I think a lot of people have gotten really attracted to uh, those personalities and a couple other secondary personalities that I, I have in the book. So that's really been, been quite enjoyable, building a story around a relationship of two people who, at the beginning, I never intended to be the major part of the story, but it somehow seems that uh, they are the major interest and people are interested in what they're doing somewhat secondarily. Okay, here's a question for you that you may not have an answer for. If either Empty Quiver or Conclave were optioned for either the big or small screen, have you thought about who could play both Catherine and Carter? Well, actually, for Conclave, uh, I've been working with a German producer for a couple of years on making that into a miniseries. And yeah, we have uh, given some thought who would play them. It's kind of interesting. The, the young woman I'm working with is, as I said, a, a younger woman than me by several years. Her father, in fact, and I were colleagues on the West Point faculty. My idea of who plays them and her idea of who plays them is a little bit different. She keeps coming up with people that, frankly, I've never heard of. I thought Chris Pine would be a pretty good choice for Carter. And if she ever wanted to go into acting, uh, I thought Taylor Swift would probably fit in pretty well as Catherine. Uh, but Christina, who I'm working with, has other ideas on it. But uh, somewhere between my ideas and her ideas and the people I just mentioned, I think we could find someone who would fit the roles pretty well. <laughs> well, after reading Empty Quiver, what would you like readers to remember? I would like readers to remember that, uh, one, there are always forces at work out there in the world that are going in opposite directions. And they all have to be kind of taken into consideration at one time or another, hopefully in a way that can reach accommodation. The dangerous thing that happens in the world is you have a lot of people out there who are just not interested in accommodation. And those people can be dangerous to either people who, as we say in the political spectrum, lean to the left or those that lean to the right. But fanaticism and extremism is not a particular orientation that's positive for anybody. I think that is a really great thing to remember. So now, Tom, will you please read a short excerpt from Empty Quiver for us? Well, I will. I'll read uh, an excerpt that occurs early in the book, which is kind of doing a part of setting the scene for Catherine and Carter's relationship as it develops uh, in this particular book. So here's the excerpt. Kath smiled and stood up. 
Okay, I'll be right back. She left her chair and headed towards the door. As she reached it, she stopped and looked back into the room as she heard the loud screeching of tires outside the windows, along with voices loudly shouting things she couldn't quite make out. All of this evidently coming from the entrance four floors below. She saw the three men at the table turn in their chairs and glance at the windows just as she heard a loud explosion. She remembered the windows shattering, but was somehow able to avoid most of the flying glass shards by turning quickly and slightly ducking behind the door. And she remembered watching in horror as the whole front of the building fell away. She also remembered feeling the floor beneath her collapse. She saw the three men grabbing for the table as it began to drop, only to be quickly lost from her sight as the floor above crashed down on them. She grabbed the door latch, catching it with one hand as the door itself swung slightly into the room, leaving her momentarily hanging in space. But as the door swung back, she reflexively was able to jump into the hall. As she did, a large piece of the ceiling came down, striking her on the head. And in her ensuring days, she had the sensation of falling yet again. She remembered being briefly scared, wondering if this was the end, and praying it wasn't. She remembered thinking she didn't want to die under a pile of concrete rubble. But that was the last thing she remembered. Oh, my gosh. Um, that is where you leave us all in a cliffhanger, right? <laughs> I <Sorry>. tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, just based upon what I know from our conversation and from having read in Empty Quiver, do you purposely add a bit of humor here and there in your books? I do. I believe a bit of humor, even in a story that has a very, very serious uh, undertones and overtones to it, is always useful. And one reason is, is that I believe that humor is necessary to sometimes break tension, be it either in a government setting or in a personal setting. So uh, I, I always kind of look for that. I've considered myself a person that likes to interject humor into breaking the tension that goes on in sometimes serious meetings, <laughs> be they uh, in the government or be they in the corporate setting or be they at home. So uh, I think for me, it's almost a natural thing to do. So I intentionally try to insert it into there with the relationships and with the settings that go on. Well, job well done. So now, Tom, where can we learn more about you, about your other book, and where can we purchase Empty Quiver? It's available on my website, tomdavisauthor.com, Tom Davis Author being one word. If you go to the website, you'll see both Conclave and Empty Quiver. There's also a series of buttons you can click along the left side, and it'll give you the background uh, of both books. I tried to set that up as something along the lines of bonus features that you, you see on a DVD. So for both books, it gives you a little bit of the background. It'll also give you some extra information on the characters, where they came from, those that are real and those that are fictional. There's a discussion page where I kind of discussed, shall I say, the more serious meanings behind the events themselves as they're going on. There's a link there that'll allow you to contact me. And then you've got a couple of links on the website that will allow you to order the book, which I hope uh, if you get to that part that you're going to order both of them. You don't need to read Conclave in order to, I think, enjoy Empty Quiver. But uh, there is a little more character development in Conclave that feeds directly into Empty Quiver. Absolutely. 
We've been talking with Tom Davis, author of Empty Quiver. Tom, thank you for coming back to share another thrilling adventure, this one during the Cold War period. I've finished Envy Quiver, and I found it a challenge to put down. In fact, I didn't put it down until I read the last page at three o'clock in the morning. I'm sure that a lot of our audience is going to feel the same way. And I do hope when you publish the third book in your trilogy that you'll come back and talk with us again. Linda, it'll be my pleasure to do so, as it always is. I've read Empty Quiver, and it's every bit as captivating as Conclave was. I am a real fan of this genre, and Tom has a way of capturing the essence of the period and drawing the reader into the story. And for those of us who remember the Cold War, Tom's books bring back memories of a very turbulent time in our history. If our conversation today has you wanting more, please go to TomDavisAuthor.com and order your copy today. And when you finish, don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with their author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at TheAuthorShow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.